0: Welcome to another episode of the Adventures of the Yellow Peril and
1: Magical Negro.
0: Okay, so um, we do our catch up. Yeah, I mm-hmm. still, I still haven't watched the movies. I'm terrible. <laughs> oh, that's all right. Um, I got sucked up into all kinds of other stuff. I, I watched the, uh, I watched the redo of the RoboCop though. You watched the remake? Yes, and it was actually good. Oh. I, I was But surprised. they made
1: such choices. Why does he have human hands?
0: I'll, t- well, I'll tell you why he has human hands. Did you watch it? No, I couldn't. Well, okay, so it's funny because they gave him one human hand, and it was great because it's this giant, um, it's a giant, like, basically, a uh, criticism of U.S. corporations and military. hmm They gave- RoboCop isn't designed to clear up the streets. He's designed, they already have robots to do this. Yes. They just can't pass the law. And they said the reason they can't pass the law to have robots in the U.S., even though they clearly show they have robots in Iraq and China and all these other places, Mm -hmm. is because the Americans don't trust something that doesn't have a human face. So he's solely a publicity stunt to pass the law so that they can sell more military-grade weapons and continue militarizing the U.S. I'm sorry, but
1: there is something called the Uncanny Valley, and that means that that thing looked freakish, and I would trust a dragon (laughs) before I would trust it. I would trust something that looked like Alien. Yeah, well... But that's just me. I don't like the Uncannon Valley thing. I have issues with puppets. I get it, I get it.
0: But I'm saying, like, it was actually a pretty solid movie. I gave it four out of five. Okay. Um, I was surprised. And I, I think the reason a lot of people didn't like it is because it's not a power fantasy. Because mm. it's, there, definitely he gets a couple scenes where he gets to kick ass, mm. but it's really less about, look, look at me, on am this awesome cyborg, and more like, what the fuck did they do to you? Mm. Yeah.
1: I mean, yeah, I've, oh, the only thing I've been watching, it's not genre related, I don't care, I love it so much, is Empire. Um, which is my new favorite show of all time. I need
0: to start since everyone has been... There's a lot of
1: stuff I need to start on. If you follow me on Twitter, you know I've been tweeting up a storm about this show. It is my new favorite show. I'm in love with Taraji P. Henson. I just want to be her pool boy or something. I just want to live in her presence, because I feel like she would make me a better person. Or a worse person, but either way... It would be
0: worse in a good way. Exactly. Yeah, no, I get it. Um, So yes,
1: I'm in love with that show. Mm. That's making me happy, but that's it. I oh. have not found a genre show to really get excited about yet.
0: Um, I told you already about Death Parade. I'm still really enjoying that.
1: I mean, um, I maybe you know, but you know what my thing with anime is is that oftentimes I'm doing two things at once when and I'm you watching can't I I read should, eat it. While you're exactly, yeah. so it's harder for me. I have to focus all my attention on anime when when other shows. I'm just like, eh. I'm sort of watching and also like playing Candy Crush or whatever. I, I get it.
0: <laughs> Um, I want to say real quick, Friday, I got to go to a symposium, oh, that's Perspectives right. on Native Representation, um, which was pretty dope. I only got to see half of it, but like, uh, it was really interesting because, uh, you know, I don't get to a lot of the really academic stuff, and so it was really kind of cool because they actually had, um, they had like professors, they had students, they had folks basically um, talking about a whole bunch of different stuff, and even just, it was just one room where they were holding the panels, mm-hmm. and it was, like, you know, one track for everything. Like, from 8 to 12, they had already covered stuff ranging from, like, um, historical PR spin on the mission system, mm-hmm. um, to queer representation and Native Ooh. native uh, arts. Like, they, they covered a lot, and so, uh, yeah, I was just glad to see folks doing it. I support that. And they had Hello Bomb food. I, I'm not going to do I, I, I It was like five bucks again, and I was like, this food's hella good. <laughs> <laughs> the jalapeno sauce, and like this pineapple sauce, it was bomb.
1: Okay, I'm down with that.
0: Mm. Um, but, should we go into...
1: This This is my shit? Um, I don't know, that's not the right voice for it, but I'll figure it out. Um, what are you excited about right now?
0: Um, oh man, what am I excited about that's a as opposed to very far away. <laughs> um, I mean, it doesn't have to be immediate, I guess. I'm excited about the Invader Zim comic. Yes. I, I'm, a, I'm hesitant just because I've been betrayed so many times in my life. We like, all like, talk. Like, yeah. I'm like, now go ahead. I really enjoyed joining the Homicidal Maniac, you know, as a comic when I was younger, but when I was younger, I was also a different person. Yeah, and, when I was younger, I
1: read a lot of things. Right, yeah. and it's
0: like, now I look back, and there's some parts I'm playing, and some parts I'm like... Yeah, that only makes sense when you're kind of wrapped up in yourself. Like, like it's not so funny in some cases, right? Yeah, for sure. And so I'm like, okay, an Invader Zim I really enjoyed, but I'm also oh. sort of like, you know, when are, when someone comes back to something after many years, they either do really well or they do really bad, is the way I feel it swings, you know? Yeah, no, for sure, because it's like... Because they're a different person too, right? Like Exactly. They either slip right
1: into it, or they try and slip back into it and it doesn't work, and it, it just
0: feels... That's sort of how I feel about boondocks. Well, it's also, it's a different medium. Yeah. That's the thing. It's a different medium. It's sort of like, at the end of the day, how much of the show is sold on funny voices? Mm. That's the other question, right? Because it's like, there's a lot of intonation there that, That like, is
1: hilarious. Yeah.
0: But it's sort of like, will it play as well just as a comic? Well, I mean, that's where we get
1: our why must it be for our yep. final section. Is, why must it be? Why must it be? <laughs> um, I need to rewatch Invader Zim. I love it. Um... What am I excited about? (gasps) I am very excited about two comic things, actually. Ooh, okay. Uh, The Gem comic, which we were talking about. Okay. Because I love me some Gem. I'm never going to be ashamed of that. I watched the whole series when I was younger. Fair enough. (laughs) Um, Shayna was my girl. I always wanted there to be a a live action. Now I'm not so excited about the live action. We'll see. Um, Yeah. mm, The casting made me sad inside. Mm -hmm. But then... The comic is apparently going to acknowledge that Kimber and Stormer are Um, lovers. I mean, they haven't directly said it, but they're like, people on Tumblr are going to be excited. We have, like, an LGBTQ
0: couple. Now, did you watch it at all? I didn't really. Like, it's like, I only saw bits of Jem, you know? That's real talk. Yeah. Kimber
1: is um, Jem's little sister, who feels ignored and um, sort of, like, pushed to the side a lot, even though she co-writes a lot of the songs. And oh, okay. Stormer is a member of the rival band. Mm. Um, now, the Misfits. Right. I almost had a brain fart. Um, now, that I'm super interested about. I'm also interested about the fact that this plays off an episode where Kimber and Stormer both storm off from their bands and form a duo that like starts having number one hits where they just sing love songs <laughs> with each other. And I'm just like, okay. I'm also interested in that I've heard that they are race-bending... One of the white misfits to okay. make the misfits more diverse. Okay. So Jetta, who I believe was the British saxophone player,
0: uh-huh. correct me. If
1: I loved, I loved her. Um, she is going to be a drummer who is a different race. I don't know what yet. Can I, I,
0: can I just say, when we had the idea, you could have a saxophonist in a rock band, right? Right. right? Like like <laughs> with the solos. Look up those misfit songs; they're on YouTube. And often she'll have a solo with
1: the saxophone. You're like, sing. Um, but I loved that. In fact, um, one of the other women who does the original voice, Roxy, mm-hmm. actually, I don't know if she still does, but she used to teach at a voice acting school in Sausalito. Oh, And okay. my friend took classes from her and was like, my teacher is Roxy from Gem and the Holograms. <laughs> it was very exciting. It still is to me. Um, the other thing I'm excited about is Bob's Burgers is having a comic coming
0: out. Mm, again, that's something that's interesting because it's like, I can kind I can kind of see that making it to a comic better. Because the humor's kind of dry. Well, and maybe
1: maybe it's been out in single issues and I just was unaware, but I recently got like an electronic arc of okay. Collected. Okay. And it's amazing because they don't try and imitate the show. They don't try and tell stories. Okay. they Each issue has four segments. Tina's erotic fan fiction. <laughs> so like one of them was My Life as a Horse, where she's a horse in a human family who's asked to join the like equestronauts. One of the, the second one was a BSG coverage where she's like the commander of the humans and eventually she falls in love with a robot and makes a human robot dance and they all like be friends. The second segment is um, Louise doing some detective work. There's always something happening at school during lunch. Okay. Um, at one point it was like she thought the school photographer was turning people into zombies so she smashed his camera and he just stared at her and she was like aren't you going to melt into goo or something because you're an alien? He's like no I'm not an alien that was a really expensive camera and she's like Sorry. I thought you were an alien. Um, you get a musical number from Gene which is like
0: rhyming um, right. redo, redo Amadeus. I was just like okay. And, and what's kind of great is because it's actually just written. Yes. You have you will actually sit there and sing out the song so like I did see how that counter. works, right? Like I did it at the counter at work
1: and I was like stop. Stop. <laughs> um, and the last one is just a one page thing from Linda the mother that is a letter to a various organization. Um, one time it's to a mother's magazine, and she's like, I believe there's a column on how much wine one should drink for certain things. Putting the kids to bed, two glasses of wine. Watching your favorite show, five glasses of wine. <laughs> like, I just thought it was hilarious, and the idea not to do like a
0: through storyline. Right, right, don't, don't go parallel. Do exactly. Something that's separate that works, yeah.
1: It felt genius, and it felt like, I mean, let's be honest, we all watch for those four characters anyway. And to give them all a little bit more backstory and, like, more history, it, it worked out
0: really I feel that's why, like, lore books do really well for various geekdoms. Yeah. You know, like, like um, they had an Aeon Flux book that was really supposed to be, like, the secret files of the dude. Mm. And so it was interesting because it was, like, all sort of background world-building information, but not a story. Yeah. Right? And so it's, like, I think those work better because it's, like, you're not gonna do... There's only two ways you could do this. You can either do worse than the thing that people are watching, mm-hmm. in which case you're just this knockoff and you're not good. Yeah. Or in theory you could do better, but yeah. in which that case... Rarely that rarely happened. That rarely happened. The happens. only time I, I can really remember that happening was I, I feel like the Transformers comics... Those got, were very yeah, Transformers good. Transformers comics and the G.I. Joe comics got better than the original shows.
1: I never read the... Well, as you know... I've but on the other man. hand,
0: the shows were not too... The shows be better than... Right, right, right. Right.
1: But speaking of comics, I really have a new favorite comic book. Um, company, mm-hmm. which is First second. First, Second. telling me about this, I'm trying to um They're fascinating. They put out a bunch of stuff, a lot. Some of it is standalone, some of it isn't. Um, some of the things they're doing this season is, um, God, what was it? Last of the Sandwalkers, which I got an electronic advanced copy of and was reading. And it is basically about a civilization of beetles that live in this one village and and an archaeologic expedition that they send out to find out if there's other life in the desert. And it looks amazing, and I read a little bit of it. It's got science, it's got robotics, it's got all this stuff based on beetles. Hmm. Um, At one point you find out one of them has a robotic body with with a beetle brain because it got destroyed somewhere else. Like, there's all this interesting stuff. But they publish about, I want to say, eight to nine, like, books a season. Okay. They're also translating this French comic which looks really good called um The Last Man. Okay. That is about a um martial arts competition. In this fantasy world, like, where people use magic and swords, and this guy shows up smoking cigarettes with a leather jacket on, and it's just like, I really, I'm going to enter it, and they assume he basically does everything through martial arts. He doesn't use any magic or anything. Okay. And he becomes a top Yeah, I'm super
0: excited about this, because I like competition manga, I like, like, you know, martial arts, so.
1: And they're going to publish all three in, like, a year. Okay. So, that's translated from French, and apparently is very, very good. So, I, they have quickly become, like, one of my favorite um, comic book companies. A lot of their stuff is, even if it's not standalone, they're also the ones who publish um, Ben Hotkey's uh, Zeta the Space Girl. Okay. Which is one of my favorites. Nice. Um, all three volumes. And he has another one coming out called Little Robot that's about a little brown girl and her robot.
0: Aww. So,
1: like, they I, are really, some of the best stuff, I think, is they published the big one that everyone's excited about, um, Scott McCloud's The Sculptor. Okay. That's from them.
0: I'm, see, I'm, right now my brain is totally failing. A mm-hmm. uh, couple weeks ago, Ju- my friend Julia loaned me these comics, and mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember the name of it. It's like the Society for Something Something Study, Scientifical Study or something, mm-hmm. and they're these super cute, um, I want to say watercolor painted comics Okay, that, like, it starts off with, it starts off with, like, this cute sort of caterpillar pill bug creature that's all brightly colored, okay. and you're like, oh, okay, and it's there with its parent, and it's going around, and then it runs into people in spacesuits who are tiny compared to it. Oh, really? Right. And then the mom shows up and is basically like, like, basically like swats, the scares away the people like don't play with them. Mm-hmm. Right? And then like someone ends up dead and as they're going back through their tunnels you see there's all these skeletons of all these other previously dead people. And so you have this parallel story going on with the cutesy monstrously huge caterpillars. Oh my god. And... This giant research lab of people who are trying to study them and all this other plant life and whatever, and I'm not sure. If, I'm not sure if they're on another planet or if this is like a mutant, weird future or, or whatever. But um, what's interesting is when you follow the people, mm-hmm. instead of it being all about their science, it's all about like office and relationship drama. Like, like so, like okay. the guy who gets killed, they go back, and the guy who gets killed, like I guess he was super popular and sort mm-hmm. of a ladies' man, <laughs> and. What the main character you're following? Her deal is she she went out with him once. Okay, and everyone's like, "Oh, this must be breaking you up." And she's like, trying to go like she's trying to figure out a way to say, "I, I not really. didn't really know him." Like <laughs> you know, this is so awkward and weird, and like I love it. She ends up dating someone else, and it is just sort of like they do this really great thing of playing with the awkwardness, but it's awkward in a real way. So yeah. Oh,
1: which reminds me, there's another
0: comic coming out. I think you would love.
1: Um, I have an advanced copy of it. I'll let you borrow it. Okay. You would love it. It's called Rutabaga the Adventure Chef. And it is a fantasy world with this boy who is going around doing these adventures to get ingredients to cook. He has no interest in, like... So the opening scene is him finding a magical sword and you're like, he's going to grab it. and he's like, yes! And he plucks the mushrooms off the hilt. He's like, the mushrooms have only grown enchanted objects. And so he ends up accompanying all these, like, adventurers just because he's like, oh, you're going to hunt dragon? Dragon heart is supposed to be an amazing stew. I'll
0: come along. This sounds great. Uh, it's
1: fantastic. I immediately fell in love with There
0: it. is a manga that pretty much hits that theme. It's called Cold Set. Mm-hmm. It was based off of a video game. But basically, one, the main character is, um, she is a girl of color. She's brown. Okay. She goes on this adventure around the world specifically because she wants to eat food. Like, that's it. Like, like I mean, that makes sense to me. She's fighting giant summon demons and shit, and it's basically she's like, well, there'll be new food here, so I'm going to go over here. <laughs> like, nice. Yeah. Well, I think the last thing we should talk
1: about in this segment is the Power Ranger yes. short film. Yes. Um, so if you haven't seen this, quickly go and see it, because
0: Saban you, is taking it down okay. everywhere they can, they are suing.
1: Um, I'm gonna attempt to download it as soon as we're done recording this podcast, because I want it forever. Right. Um, it's basically a darker, m- realistic...
0: Mm, not realistic, but... Not,
1: well, I mean, realistic it, it, in a sci-fi sense, I it's guess. It's Grindhouse, kinda. It's, you know, it's Grindhouse? Cyberpunk Grindhouse. I wouldn't call it Grindhouse, exactly. It doesn't have enough, like... Well, I guess it does. It does have a lot of gore. Yeah, you know, people guess, are getting their head shot off. That's and, true. are like,
0: they, had, they gave you the required titty shot for it to be grinding uh, out. It was unnecessary. So, it unnecessary, was such which unnecessary... Which is why I'm like, this is more Okay, out. okay.
1: You convinced me. You convinced <laughs> me. I mean, there are problems, to be sure. The black man who has the over-sexualized two women in his bed, the aforementioned titty shot, which was completely unnecessary. We and didn't him doing drugs. And him doing drugs. Although... Like I said before, I don't know if I have as much issue with that because he wasn't shown as a druggie. He was shown as someone casually using drugs, which I often view as, like, a more upper-class trait. Right. Like, you know, I've been to those upper-class parties in Soma where you're like, everyone's mm. on coke but me. I'm gonna go now. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I sort of, I don't know. But it was problematic, nonetheless. Now, I mean, you anyone should be able to guess the number one reason I loved it. Which is... Katie, motherfucking, sack off! Mm-hmm. There is no one finer in this world. <laughs> I adore her, and to retcon her as Kimberly, who was always my favorite Ranger anyway, I I thought it was amazing. Honestly, I feel like I stopped watching the series way early, so a mm-hmm. lot of the stuff about the Machine Kingdom and stuff
0: like that, I didn't get. You know, I never actually got into the series. It came, in, you know, it came in just as I was kind of. God, I was like, maybe, I was hitting my older teens, and Mm. it just didn't appeal to me, and also the fact was I had seen, um, I had seen some of the original Japanese Sentai shows, so I was just sort of like, so I get about five minutes of like, robot fighting action, and the rest is like.
1: High school. Yeah. Well, number It was like Saved <laughs> by the Bell, and I was
0: just like, I just don't care about Saved by the Bell at all. Okay. <laughs> I was a Saved by the Bell
1: fan. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, yeah. No, that's <laughs> really good.
0: I'm just saying, I'm not that market. <laughs> like, uh, but I appreciated that even when they were
1: out of their outfits, they always wore the color. right. <laughs> like, right. they were restricted, number one. And number two, I mean, one of the great disappointments in my childhood was that um, the Power Rangers were appearing at Universal Studios. Mm. And I told my dad we had to go. And I said we had to leave early. I was like, oh, we oh, need yeah, to leave yeah, at like 5am. And he was early. like, nope, we decided, he decided we would leave at noon. We never made it to the park because it was bumper to like Power Rangers shut down the 405. Yep. Um, Apparently Was everyone... it was this the
0: time that they had their first showing in a long time or something or... No, this was when the show was first starting and it was oh. it was even before I think it was
1: even before Tommy was on the show. Okay. Like it was way early but it, was, it had been huge and apparently everyone who got in had gotten there by like six thirty in the morning. <laughs> And they all basically did martial arts with their helmets off, so that you could, you could
0: think- actually see how they move. Exactly. And it, There was a couple show, a couple clips I had seen from the shows where you do get to see him do that. And yeah. What I thought was kind of interesting, and I mean, just because I'm deep into martial arts, I could see him doing similar moves, but I could tell which people had different backgrounds in their training. Exactly. And I right. was like, okay, that's kind of cool. Like, it's kind of interesting that you can see clearly that,
1: like. Kimberly comes from a gymnastics background, it's not necessarily a fighting back, like there was some awesome stuff, but see the Dark Gritty remake, I thought it was really fascinating, I would love that to be a whole film. Yeah. Um, the
0: ending fucked me up. Yeah. Fucked me up, I was like... And it's also, the other thing that's nice about when you do a short like that is you can definitely take some choices you can't do in a continuing series. Yeah, yeah. Well, like I said, I compared it to the Sabrina
1: short we talked about before. Yeah. Witch
0: Girl, which right. was
1: fantastic and dark in a whole new direction as well. Right. Um, and I love this. I love when when fan films do this and create this whole new universe almost. Right. Do you remember the Batman um the Batman versus Aliens one? Aliens and Predators?
0: Uh, it's yeah, Bat- I think I saw that.
1: God, Batman's was... like chasing Joker through an alley and it's live action. Oh no, I, think I saw a comic or something no, no, no. that someone no. had done. But There's okay. a live action short, and he's chasing Joker, who's like, wearing a straight jacket and shoeless, and he has him sort of backed up against this wall, and Joker's like, what are you going to do? You're never going to do anything. And you see a tail come and wrap itself around Joker's neck and yank him up. And then the Batman is getting his ass whooped. Right. And then you realize he he's caught between the Predators and the aliens. They're on either side of the alley. And I was just like, this is well done. Nice. I will watch this again and again. I'm not even a big, you know, Predator fan. Right. I'm more of a Catwoman fan than Batman. Yeah. But it was well done. I enjoy this sort of like like the Wonder Woman short. Yeah. With like Amazons of color throwing throwing like spears at Cyclopses. I'm right, like, what's not to love here? Why are these people not being
0: chosen to make the feature films? Right. Well, we should probably get on to our topic. <laughs> I know.
1: Our topic d- is not comics, actually. Um, our topic is video games. Yeah. <laughs> just in general. And I think the first question is what makes a video game great for you? Like, what do you look for?
0: Um, I think a big thing is replayability. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of games I played through, and I played through it once, and I'm like, okay, I'm good. Whatever. Yeah. You know, like, like, no, it's fun, but these days, I'm like, I could just watch YouTube. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? Like, like you have to actually give me a reason to want to play your game, mm-hmm. and it's sort of like this fucked up balance that people have to find between, um, there has to be enough for people to feel like they got their money's worth, but it can't be so long I feel like it's now work. Yeah. You know? Because if it's like, if it's worth, then I'm just like, this is not worth it, right? And it's funny because uh, one of my friends brought up, you know, because I asked folks, and said, you got any suggestions? Someone said... What about the length of video games? Can you guys talk about that? Because I guess, um, The Order 1886 is this A title that landed. Yeah, someone's so really excited about it, about it. Well, people are really upset because I guess it only has six hours of gameplay. Are you fucking kidding me? Right. The and amount I, of time they pushed this shit. But, like, like like, like, The thing I that gets to me, though, is like, I'm like, okay. But at the same time, I remember, I was like, but the first Halo game wasn't that long. But most of Halo games live on multiplayer, Right. But the first Halo game didn't have multiplayer except locally. Mm. So most people if you were playing multiplayer, it's pretty much just co-op with your friend. It wasn't versus you know, they set up LAN parties later. But most people just played it solo. It's and people loved it. True, but there's a difference. Because I feel like Halo is first and foremost
1: a shooting game. The storyline sort of comes second. Mm-hmm. The Order is supposed to be an
0: RPG. Uh, see, I don't really know a lot yeah, about the, if, what if, this was supposed to be. I'm so. pretty
1: sure it's the one that's supposed to be this like it's like a steampunk... Not even steampunk. Sort of steampunk, supernatural, fucked-up war thing. Um, like, where you play a captain in an army. If I'm... If I'm wow, Or a okay. captain in a movement that's in like
0: order. Because, see, I can point to other games which are short and yeah. really um, I really loved. I really... Like, all the Telltale games. Yeah, Those are short. Like, you'll play through one of their things in about an hour, maybe two hours. And I'll replay those. Like, I don't, like... I don't feel like, oh my god, you ripped me off, right? Yeah. I mean grad, they're only charging ten bucks and stuff, or twenty bucks and not sixty bucks. At the same point I'm like, but these are good games and they have replayability.
1: Yeah, and I think that there's there's a big difference between the sort of point and click games um that sort of telltale sort of does. As opposed to a triple A
0: yeah. teams upon teams of
1: hype. Yeah, Yeah, it's an an alternate history London with an old order of knights that keep the world safe from half-breed monsters who are a combination of animal and man. So I played a little bit of this, because I don't know where I fucking got the... Maybe I downloaded it? Anyway, I got the little mini-game, or the preview or whatever, and I played it, and it was okay. I automatically have a chip on my shoulder when you have a group or an order and there's like one woman, which I'm pretty sure that's what happens here. Because um, that one woman is always the love interest, and if not the love interest, hypersexualized, at hypersexualized, based. or a bitch, like those, or all, are all, 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 no. all of the above, right? And so I was like, yeah, the storytelling did not look that interesting to me. Mm. Um, but it was a story-based game. Like I think someone in the order betrays you. You have to figure out the fact that it's only six hours. I can see that. Like that, would, I feel like that's like getting Mass Effect and being like
0: that, that's. I feel like a lot of the complaints people have with um, Destiny as well. Yeah, I think they pushed through that entire game in like twenty hours or something, and people and said it felt like a preview, right? Well, it's yeah. Pe- well, story-wise, they said it felt like a prologue. So that's yeah. another thing. It's like the mouse story you actually took people through is nothing, and uh, a lot of people said the the fighting became you know the shooting became repetitive. And you know, will people say shooting games are repetitive? There's definitely ways you can do it better, yeah. and Ways you do it worse, and a lot of people said it basically came down to things becoming hit point sh- hit point uh, uh, sponges, you uh, know, which is like the least interesting thing because it's don't do anything different tactically, just shoot them more. Yeah, right? and the thing is, I that's my number one thing with games is the story. I
1: need to be compelled by the plot. I've played a bunch of games where the gameplay maybe wasn't that good. Right. Um, a lot of people have issues with the Fable series, which I understand. I've played the Fable all. 1, 2, and 3. I think there are other side games. But I've played 1, 2, and 3. I own 1, 2, and 3. Right. I enjoy them. I've played them multiple times. Um, I like a game with a good balance of story and free play. Right. Like, for me, a lot of the... Um, like, someone on Twitter was talking to us about the Elder Scrolls game. Right. And I played Morrowind.
0: I beat Morrowind, but I beat it with a cheat code. Because I'm one of those fools that love a cheat code. Oh, I, I love a cheat code, too. Because, I mean, there's points when you're just like, now the game is just too much work. Yeah. Or like... I really just, you know, like, especially if it's a Grand Theft Auto type game, I just want to see things explode. Like, I, I'm not <laughs> even doing, like, I'm not here for a challenge. I'm just here for mayhem, right? Yeah. And I did
1: the god mode on Morrowind after, like, playing it for, like, 30 hours. I'm like, we're just going to do god mode and plow through this. But <sighs> my issue, I have Skyrim. My issue with the Elder Scroll games is that they, for me, there's too, much, there's too much freedom. Right. In that there are these things you're supposed to do, but you're not directed enough in this wide, wide world on how to get through it. Um, and it just seems really... Like, Dragon Age is a better thing for me. Right. Because you, there is free play. You can go and do all these
0: things. You don't have to follow the main storyline if you don't want. Right. But you know
1: where you're going in the main storyline. Right.
0: Like, like, I feel that's kind of a trick that a lot of JRPGs had that, like, maybe people forgot about. Because in a JRPG, you normally start out, you're, like, in a town or in a place... And, you know, they put you through, like, a couple linear things, mm-hmm. and then you get into the overworld, where you can start to wander around to more places. Exactly. Um, I actually had just seen a video a couple weeks back. There was a guy who works for Disneyland, mm-hmm. and basically he took what he learned from how they designed stuff at Disneyland to make video game levels. Okay. Because he said one of the things is, we first bring you down the central lane, you know, like, you could go other ways, but he's like, the central path is there, and there's like, you know, the castle, and so it brings everyone here to a central hub, and then you can kind of go out to three places, and then from those three places, each of them offer three more places. Mm -hmm. So it creates this sort of, there's a lot of choices, but you only have to deal with so many at one point. Yeah. right. And I think that, like, for me, that's
1: that has been the issue with some of the Elder Scrolls games, is that it feels too wide. And I can see where that's a plus for some people, but I just can't get into games where it's like over a 100 hours of gameplay. And the other problem is, you know me, I'm a grinder. I like to do all the little mini-missions. Right. Which can drive I, me crazy. Well, I game. feel like, like this
0: is where we, like, have to compare to Mass Effect. Yeah. Because at least Mass Effect, even though they had a fuckload of mini-missions, mm-hmm. enough of them had interesting little story bits to, to, to make it, like, okay, I can kind of see doing that. Like, like uh, yeah. in the very first game, the AI that commits suicide. <gasps> that would, oh. And I was so mad they didn't follow up on that. Because yeah. I was like, um... Like... That just had me so... Oh, they did some really
1: interesting stuff with their side games. And even their side missions. And yeah. even the side missions that weren't expressly story-driven, Right through the games were interestingly connected sometimes. Like right. It would be like someone, if you didn't shoot them that first game, someone was like redoing their evilness or was tangentially connected to this place that you were going to go to in a side mission right. in number two. So I really appreciated that. But yeah, when when you, when you the storyline is not together,
0: yeah, and when the characters are like 2D cardboard cutouts, I'm just yeah. like, why am I playing this? Yeah, it's like, I don't care about a lot of the characters, and I mean, part of the reason I don't get into the Western RPGs is that I don't like most of the characters, and I don't like a lot of the settings, right? And yeah. It, and it's like, at that point, you know, then I have nothing but gameplay and visuals to mm-hmm. write on, and it's like... If you don't even have that, because most of the time a lot of these I look at, I go, look, everything is gray and brown again. Yeah. You know, uh, I don't care. I played Red Dead
1: Redemption for a while. Mm -hmm. I still have it. Um, I didn't finish it. Eh, I'm very selective about the games I finish. They have to be like, they have to grab me like that. Like, I finished all the Dragon Ages, all the Mass Effects, um, like a bunch of other small games here and there. Right. But the storyline has to grab me. So Red Dead, I thought, had interesting things. I actually sort of like the storyline.
0: What pissed me off...
1: Now I remember why I stopped playing. Um, it's one of those fucking games where nature will come out of nowhere
0: sometimes. I saw, I've, I've seen see videos that. where, like, like a bear, bear just did. jumps yes. up. I also saw the videos where there was bugs where, like, the bear will go flying up into the sky because they had some mess up in, like... Yeah. The
1: I just, ...collision
0: detection. I, I There's nothing worse to me than
1: playing a game, like, you trying to get from point A to point B on this horse... And all of a sudden you hear some sort of roar. And I'm just like, what the fuck is happening? You and there's a mountain jumped? lion. Yeah, I was like, nope. No. Not in that. What yeah. other game? There's another game that does that. Oh,
0: the Assassin's Creed where you're half native, which has a whole lot of issues. I was going to say, like, the game, that I, the game that has the wildlife from nowhere, but, like, is a key part of the gameplay is Minecraft. I've never played Minecraft. Minecraft, um, you know, it's one of those games where, like, I didn't even try it for several years. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone's like... It's cool to build things. I'm like... And, but, but, like, what everyone told me about building is, like, you get stuff, and then you make axes, and then you use axes. I'm like, I don't care. But, like, after I play, played it, then I saw, I was like, no, the point is you build evil supervillain bases. <laughs> you build houses in places where you just go, I would chill here like a villain. Like, look, that- I, I found a mountain that has a natural occurring lava waterfall. I'm building a glass house on top of this, where I will drink wine and observe the land. Like, like, that's what you do in this game, right? I mean, I can get behind that. But, like, like the, the survival part that's interesting is because most of it's wild, mm-hmm. and um, there's some monsters, but the monsters get worse at night. Oh, shit. So the very first part of the game is, like, I need to dig myself a hole to hide in, and I need to... You, the thing is, if you're in a dark area, monsters can spawn randomly. So you have to have light sources in your house. Oh, shoot. Right. It's so like, they can spawn in your home? They can spawn <laughs> in your home! <laughs> and so, like, you have to have light sources in your home. And so it's like, like, the first part of play is, like, you're just like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, I'm gonna get jumped. And, like, like, because I, I first started playing with Les, and we we're playing co-op, and we're both, like, we're both like, okay, we'll try it out together. Mm-hmm. And we're both, like, we're, like, we're spawned randomly on the map, and we don't have a map to start, so we're like, where are you? I don't know, I'm on an island. Okay, I'm just gonna try and get to a high hill. And see if I can find some landmarks to guide you to me. So it's like this intense, <laughs> desperate, like, survival situation. And then once you have some basic shit going, then you need more supplies, so you're, like, trying to go out to get them, and you're like, oh god, I might get jumped. And then there's all these stories you got to put, like... And then I was getting chased by spiders and skeletons. Fuck, fuck, get the arrows ready. I'm coming home, get the gate open, Help yeah, me I mean, in, like...
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. I The survival games, you know, they freak me out a little bit, because...
0: I don't want to have to survive. Um, yeah, I like to throw giant fireballs instead of meters. Right. I don't like to have to worry about just getting jumped all the time. I,
1: you know, wildlife attacks you in Dragon Age, but I'm like, I got fire. Yeah, and like magic, I am fine with this. I don't just have a gun like in Red Dead Redemption that is hard to aim when something's clawing at my chest. Right. Um, but that's me. But yeah, no storyline is the most important thing, and the the more I like. The more I play games, the um, I guess the more more selective I get. Mm-hmm. Um, I can get drawn in really easily by a storyline, but then I find a lot of the games don't deliver on the story that they promise me.
0: Or the amount of grind you have to do to get through the story is way oh. too high. That's why. Oh, that's why I just watched. I was like, I'm just gonna watch all the video clips for the last Final Final Fantasy XIII game because mm-hmm. I'm like, it no. I did restart playing Final Fantasy X recently. Oh, how far did you get? Um, I got all my people.
1: Okay. I, I actually got pretty far now that I think about it. Um, she was almost forced married to see more. We uh, bought him yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think I've gone pretty far. I'd probably go back and finish it. I've never played it all the way through. Okay. Simply because the first time I almost got all the way through. And you know how they have those secret things you get for each oh, person God. to get? Oh, like God, don't.
0: Special Aeons. <laughs> don't. You know
1: I'm a grinder. And so I get to the end, I'm like, I have all the special items, I'm going to get these special Aeons, I'm going to kick ass. I had one of the special items, I think Lulu has a black magic spear.
0: Did you use it? I used it. Because there's nothing to
1: market as special. And so yeah. I was full of bitterness, and I threw my controller down, and then I did not touch that game for there is, like six years. I, I will
0: let you know that you can make... Better, you know, they you can go through a bunch of bullshit to get their ultimate weapons, or you can go through different bullshit but different bullshit that's more in line with play Mm. to make shit that's better than their ultimate weapons. Okay, um, that's what my friend Les did. I only ended up with, I think, Yuna's ultimate weapon, and you know, I was just like, I can't with like, like, (laughs) I'd love to, but I can't, I cannot. Like, that's real. Here, time jump, dodge these 400 lightning bolts. That was bullshit. (laughs) That was straight up bullshit. I love me some Lulu, but that was bullshit. Oh, I love Lulu, but I was just like, this is not the game I signed up for. No, that's my problem with mini games. It's like I'm like, okay, you want to add some variety to gameplay? Fine, that's fine if it's a stupid little extra. But like when you're making it the thing I have to do to get unlock my character's ultimate power, that's where yeah, you're going. Yeah. I mean, I think that smaller
1: games like I will play Candy Crush and Candy Crush Soda. I will well, not give them
0: my money. Right. But I'll play. I have a friend who was working for a company that does stuff like that, and they said, after the first time you play, most of those games have a thing that turns up the difficulty to make you have to buy more after.
1: Oh, yeah, no. I fully, fully recognize that. Because there are points where I'm like, this shit just got too hard too quick, and I'm not buying any specials from you. Right. You don't get money from me. Um, But I like... I can play those games because, unlike... Like, I'm one of those people we've talked... I'm not a huge fighter-shooter game
0: fan. Yeah, but there, um, you can take your time, you can kind of think well, about shit.
1: Well, there's, like, a little... There's a little um,
0: more thought involved than just
1: shoot what's coming through the door. Like, the shooting games that have, like, an element of puzzle, or right. I can get with
0: those. Did you ever play or see Stranger... Uh, Oddworld Stranger? Yes, I didn't play it, but I remember it coming out. Yeah. That I mean, one was sort of like a shooter-puzzler, because yeah. you could beat the enemies in all these kind of different ways.
1: And I mean, yeah, I just feel like, I tried to play, what's that one, Eco that everyone was in love with for
0: a while. Oh, yeah, but the controls on that are kind of... Were like, just horrible. It, it, it was their first game, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I suppose. Um, the PlayStation had a lot of great like, stuff in that era. Oh, PlayStation, I... Did you ever play Silent Bomber? No. Silent Bomber was an amazing, uh, first uh, PlayStation 1 game that was uh, sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, you're uh, part of a team, you know, you're in some war, and you're, you're basically trying to take out the enemy, and you're mostly fighting robots, and your character basically has this gauntlet that shoots out uh, sticky bombs. Okay. And so the thing is, you are, uh, you know, overhead view, you're dash, you're dash jumping and trying to avoid all the robots, and you can either lay bombs behind you as they're chasing you, or you can shoot the bombs onto enemies. And if you stack multiple bombs together, the explosives, like, have a, uh, exponential effect. Okay. And then you start, uh, you start, um, upgrading your thing for more range, more bombs, more explosives, da-da-da. Really great gameplay. Uh, you know, it was an alright story for the time. You know, uh-huh. with, like, betrayal and da-da-da. But, yeah. like, yeah. And, I mean, I think, I think controls are really, really important.
1: Controls are one of the reason I've never been able to play, um, Resident
0: Evil? (laughs) Well, no, not Resident
1: Evil. I actually played Resident Evil when I was younger. Um, But I've never been able to play the first-person games. Mm. I always have to be looking at my character, Mm. because for controls in first-person for me, I just end up spinning in a ball and not knowing who's shooting me and then falling in a pool and drowning. And it's not fun for me to do that for, like, an hour in a row. Yeah, yeah. Um, But the controls are really important to every game, because it's like... It's really easy to craft this. Well, not easy. None of it's easy. But I mean, like, it's you craft this complex world where you have to leap from rock to rock to rock and do this, but the controls won't really allow me to do that right. because every like everything slipshod. Right.
0: It ruins the game. Right. I mean, it's like like if you can afford to be slipshod on shit that's not crucial to what your gameplay is. Right. Yeah. Like like if you're a shooter game and you have a menu system, a menu system a little clunky. People are going to be eh, but they're not going to be totally annoyed because it's it's the menu. No one cares. If you're playing an RPG and your menu system's shitty, you know, yeah. everyone's going to look at you and go like, "What? why? We need this, right? Like, the thing you have to do all the time needs to work really well. Oh, which reminds me. Mm-hmm.
1: I finally finished Vivienne's personal quest on Dragon Age Inquisition. Okay. The one black character. Right.
0: I remember you telling me about this. Now,
1: number one, um, I, I took a break, so I wasn't playing for a while. Number one, let's talk about the fact that she asks for, like, the heart of a snowy worven, whatever that is, for, like, some spell that she won't even tell you about. So you agree to go do it, got to go through all this. And she's a super conservative one, right? She's somewhat conservative, yeah. she Like, okay. she believes the circles are right, and there's a lot going on with her. So you go to this area, you got to fight a whole bunch of werven. so you get to the snowy worvin. Then you, like, go back to the castle. When she asks if you have it, you have the option of giving her a regular Wervenheart and fucking her up. Like I don't remember any of the other, and maybe I'm just blanking, but I don't remember any of the other side like quests. Like you can always refuse them, but I don't remember getting to the end of one and giving, being given being given the option to fuck someone over. Like I really don't remember that. Um. So I was just like, oh, so I get to fuck the black woman over? No, I will give her the real snowy heart thing.
0: That's like you already did this much work, right? right? Like.
1: And so she goes, what it turns out, she's crafting a de-aging potion for her old white lover who's dying. Now, whatever, love is important. I don't know, I'm mid-breakup, so love can suck it. But what I have to say is that the moment, the tender moment between them, for me, is non-existent because her title is mistress. Mm -hmm. They keep telling me that sexuality doesn't matter in this world. Except for, like, nobles who, who will get married to have kids, but otherwise they don't really care that much. Right. So if people are that open about sexual mores, why does she have a title of mistress? Why is that important for us to know? Right. Why is she announced to a fucking royal court as mistress of so-and-so? That don't make no goddamn sense. Right. And then he dies anyway, because the, the potion doesn't work. And I'm like, uh, okay, you know what, bye, Felicia. I'm just, I'm done. I'm done with you. I'm glad we friends now, but I was, And then you get the option to hit on her
0: right afterwards.
1: Like, the next that time... That is the
0: skeeviest fucking thing. The next so. time you talk to her, there's an option to hit on her. So I hear you have a opening position. <laughs>
1: <Right>? <laughs> <laughs> That's basically it. And I'm just like, we ain't even gonna respect this a little bit. Right. Got, and for all I know, if you make that option, she would turn you down because there are characters that turn you down no matter what. Right. So it's totally possible. But I was just like, you going to make me an asshole. Mm-mm. No. I'm still going to finish the game. I still love a lot of it. Um, but, you know, I feel like a lot of that love is going to be tested before I reach the end of it.
0: Yeah, I just don't...
1: Mm, I just don't have much faith in them. Like You shouldn't. Yeah, You shouldn't. But I killed two dragons, and I'm very proud of that fact. Um, but, yeah, no, don't have faith in them. Uh, yeah, and killed a lot of dragon babies, which made me feel some kind of way. So outside of story, what else is, like, I mean, we're both like, yes, Dope Story, please. Dope Story, automatically, um, gameplay is important. It's not super important, but I feel like when you have a bad fighting system, when you have a bad, when you have a bad travel system, do not make me have to grind through worlds and worlds to get where I need to go. Right? It's just like,
0: give me teleportation, or give me the black screen that says traveling, traveling. There is, you know, it's like, there's a lot of times at this point when I'll get into a game, and after a point I'll just go, so who thought this was fun? Yeah. Like, what what part of this is fun? And then you, like, walk for, like, another, like, five minutes over the places you've already walked before? (gasps) Again? Oh my god, that's so fun. No, that's not fun. Right? It's
1: not fun for me. I just, I don't understand it. It's like, who, it's like who wants to play the Two Towers game? like that's what it is that movie was nothing but walking it feels like that in game form why would anyone make that right and well number
0: and diversity
1: is important to me yeah
0: at this point there's no reason not to there's like, no reason not to it's super important well i mean there's never been a reason yeah. not to but i'm like at least at this point it's like you can make games and have like several characters in a party visible on screen at all times so, really, no reason to... Well, easy to get to, like, basically source people from around the world if you need different accents or mm-hmm. languages. You can easily research all kinds of real-world cultures and history with, like, ten minutes on Google. Like, Well, and
1: how simple, how fucking simple would it be for them to create multiple skins for your char- your character and their family be whatever color you wanted? Right. How hard would it be if you decided that you wanted to play whichever that FF1 is with, um... Oh, FF15? Where you, whatever, no, the one where you're saving Sarah, who's turned to Crystal. Oh, yeah. Th- it was like 13, 2
0: or 13. Yeah, three and
1: nine. I can't remember the main... Lightning. How would it, have, hard had, would it have been to let people choose to make Lightning Asian or Black or whatever and just have skins for the rest of the family? Right. Like, you wouldn't even have to do these. They're orphans. It would just be her and Sarah. Right. Like, that's all you'd have to do. It's not a difficult thing. And I think that you have these games now... As, especially, like, Mass Effect and games of that nature that allow you to craft what you look like. Right. Don't get me wrong, a lot of them could be better. Because, like, their brown skin tone, I was like, get someone brown in your office Well, what I like is how, like,
0: they they all fall back on the same hair types. Oh, my God. I'm like, look, we don't need a gigantic afro as, as like, the one or two visibly. It's like afro and mohawk. I'm like, you do know black people have more right? Yo. Or Dreadlock. Right. The Dreadlocks are mostly cornrows. It's a very
1: weird unnecessary yeah. moment. Um, that, yeah. Although, old computer game. I don't know if you ever played it. I just remembered this. Black and White.
0: I didn't play it, but I remember the uh, when this came up. This was the one where it's like you could be Um, Was it, like, involving gods and stuff? You're a god. Right. You're a
1: new god who's born when a child is drowning and the parents pray for help. And that's when you're born. And you save the child. And from then on, you're just, like, a hand floating in the sky. Right. And you go to the town and, like, perform miracles and get belief and it unlocks new cities and new worlds for you. Now, I love this game, number one. Because it was one of the first games for me that gave you the option to be good or evil. And in fact, you often got more belief by being evil. Right? right. <laughs> you could provide some wood for them and be like, look, you've got wood to build houses. Or you could throw a fireball at the house or drop a rock on it and people would scream, but everyone would start believing. Right. Um, and the interesting part was, this is what this is what my ADD tangential thing happened. Um, the skin tone of the hand and stuff... Mm -hmm. changed with your um, with your belief and where Mm -hmm. you were on the spread from good to evil it didn't turn brown thank goodness it was just it was just normal peach colored hand but the more evil you got the more red veins would pop up and then your nails would turn black and curl it was just a fun game where I got to play out my megalomania on little tiny people Um, (laughs) there's like a little fire in front of your temple that you can pick villagers up and drop them in it, and, like, if they scream and burn and you get more power, like, it was just, it was a breeding ground for sociopaths, let's just be real. But I love that game. I recently tried to play it on my my
0: laptop, and my laptop is too many generations ahead uh, of the game. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I don't know how to run this.
1: I'm like, no, backwards compatibility is key.
0: <laughs> I, uh, huh? Shall we switch over into Why Must It Be?
1: Let's go to Why Must It Be. Do you have a Why Must It Be? Um, I
0: do. It's actually ridiculous. It's it's, it's ridiculous, only that's still going on. Ah, go first. You're... So, you've heard of Penny Arcade. Oh, I've heard so much about
1: Penny Arcade. They
0: decided this year they were going to start their Let's Be Bullshit About Women thing early this year. Like, every year, they tend to find something fucked up to say. Yeah. And then people try to nicely tell them, that's fucked up. And then they find a way to, like, you know, respond in a way that's more fucked up. Yeah. And this happens every year. And, and it's it's only annoying because it, it's, I'm not, it, at this point, it's, I'm more annoyed at everyone else around them who keeps enabling it. Mm. Well, they're really nice guys. They just don't, no, they're adults. They're they're adults, and they're choosing to do this. And Yeah. You gave them the soft version. People give them the hard version. They don't learn. So I don't understand why you keep, you know, trying to say they're nice guys. Um, so one of the women who's been harassed by Gamergate, uh-huh. you know, was uh, supposed to go to the um, to, uh, to the uh, PAX East Expo, and okay. she basically said, "I need additional security." Real yeah. You know, know, you do. You. Like, right, I. I need additional security for me and my employees, and they're like, "Yeah, well, our normal security should be fine." Nope. And she's like, "Peace out!" Like, yeah, right. Nope. And and what's um, what cracks me up about this is just like they're like, "Well, you know, we're here for the safety of all gamers." No, you're not. Especially you're... like like. Yeah, okay, so whether you want to say they're rape, like, how you want to take that rape joke thing, the thing is, if a bunch of rape survivors say, I don't like that joke, and your thing is, I'm going to make shirts mocking your, mocking the fact that you're triggered for my profit and lols. Uh, hello. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's like, even if we're going to argue your initial thing is okay, your your response after is clearly not in good intent, right? Well, okay, the, mm, I'm... S- this ties into
1: my why, my, what's it be. my why must it be? But I'm gonna let you finish. But this whole the reaction after the confrontation—that's what pisses me off. Like we can we can believe that your initial moment was like a fucked up moment, a brain fart, right, different right. intention. But how you
0: react to people calling you on it—that's when shit gets real. Well, we can even say your first thing was fucked up. Yeah, right. Like like that's fine. I mean, it's not fine, but it's right. like, like, okay, you fucked up, but here people told you why it's fucked up, and then you just go further, right? Yeah. And it's like, okay, you know, it's like, it's not your fault, you know, if getting, you get know, into a fender bender and maybe you hit some kid on a bike, that's terrible, you didn't mean to, but there's a difference between you get out, you make sure the kid's okay, you, you know, you give them insurance if you need to, you call yeah. an ambulance if you need to, as opposed to, oh, well, let me run you over three more times. Or speed off into the night. Right, cackling, cackling. Let yeah, me so take a photo, upload it, laughing, and then drive away cackling. Like, look what I hit today. Like, I mean, that's basically the attitude, right? Yeah, no. It's attitude. like, yeah, no. Even even if the first was an accident, your response shows us it might as well have not been. Yeah, like, it might yeah. as well have been. But you know, this is all. This is the thing. Is I'm like, when you have these folks. Getting airplanes diverted when they have, like, the FBI, you know, because the FBI will not step in to arrest white men okay, until they've done way too much. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, like, seriously, oh, you killed your 33rd person, now we gotta step in.
1: Well, <laughs> like, remember that fucking movie with um, Leonardo DiCaprio, Catch Me If You Can? mm mm-hmm, nice It's based on a real story about this guy who committed all these crimes, forgery, millions, did all this. He gets hired in the end. That would never have happened if that was a black man who did the exact same thing. They would have shot him in the street. They would not have offered him a fucking job. Right. I just... Yeah, no, the FBI don't give a shit if it's white men. They're allowed to... Right, they could do a boss. lot
0: of shit. So I'm saying at the point when the FBI has stepped in... Yeah. And the FBI only stepped in after that plane got diverted. Exactly. So I'm like, okay, at that point now, shit has stepped in, and you don't think there's a, you know, a need for additional security? Like, even if she wasn't coming to your thing i still would be like, wow, guys, this last year, people been off the fucking chain. We need some extra security, right? Well, even if you're
1: not human enough to care about people's security, even if you are You should
0: aren't... be worried about liability.
1: No, <laughs> thank you. That's all I'm thank saying you. at this point. I'm like, it doesn't... Like, even if you are a horrible person and don't give a shit about people's safety, you should look at that and be like, we don't want anything to happen at our conference. We don't need to be lumped into this just for publicity's sake. We right. don't need people to come after us, we don't need Anonymous to come after us, we don't need all these groups to come after us because we didn't provide enough security and a woman was harassed or assaulted at our con. Like, that should... That's that's just being... uh If you don't have humanity, at least have business think. Right. Like,
0: right. You know, if that's the thing Is I'm looking at I'm like, don't you even care about liability? And I'm just saying, like, like it's the fact that it's not even... The, the expo hasn't even happened yet. This is like, all, all you had to do to not fuck up in this situation would be to give some sort of, we're looking into additional security. The bullshit, you know, obviously I'm pretty sure she probably pressed for details that yeah. they didn't have. Well, you know, that's probably what happened. But she probably said, so what is this additional security? Oh, we'll do this. There are people with guns coming after me. Well, we should be fine. The, no, <laughs> listen, the bare minimum
1: that anyone should have is a respect for someone else's safety in life bare minimum. Right. These men are crazy.
0: They're just hyper-violent. Hyper-violent.
1: We've already, a lot of them are MRAs, and we've already seen how MRAs react in the world. we already had enough shootings, we've already had enough attacks, to know that this hyper-violent masculinity is a goddamn problem. Right. And you have a huge section in your
0: community. Right. And it's like, the other thing that also gets me, just business-wise, I'm like, so is 51% of the human population not a good market? Uh, apparently not. I'm just sitting here, I'm like, video games are over 30 years old now.
1: Well, women don't
0: play video games, don't you know? Or design them, or write for them, or anything. And they don't have any sense at all. That's why that freak... That's why Kim Kardashian only made, like, something billion on her... On her game. Like, Just (laughs) because people don't know better. Like, I mean, (laughs) All right. Uh, but yeah, did you have more on your why must it be? I do. I'm totally... My, go ahead. Let my me why start. must it
1: be is slightly different. Um, my why must it be is about people who fucking... Fans who fucking enable the people that they love to be problematic. Now, well, that's, that's a perfect time. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> Let's just talk about this. I... Um, at this point, I am used to learning that authors that I loved as a teenager are fucked up or problematic. Mm-hmm. I'm even getting used to beefing with them online. It's mm-hmm. happened enough. Um, what I hate are these people who love this person's work so much that they refuse to acknowledge that this person can do anything wrong. Yeah. Now, if you looked at it and you didn't think something was wrong, I don't want to know you anyway. Right. But the, de- the automatic defense, you should be able... To look at something you love and say, this is problematic. Right. There are plenty of things in my life by problematic creators. I am aware of their problematicness. I don't ignore it when I talk about it. But there's
0: even stuff where it's like, I don't understand how that's problematic. But I can also go, you know what? I'm just going to acknowledge that you said that because mm-hmm. I don't live your life. And, you know, that might come up again later or someone else might bring it up. It's like, maybe I don't know. I'm not going to have to dismiss it. Exactly. It's not going to take the book from my hands and burn it in front of me. Well, and then these fans who fucking are ready to go balls
1: to the wall when the person they're defending is not interested in them doing so. Right. Because they're so invested in their own love and their own need for this bullshit. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's not bullshit. I shouldn't go there. Well, no, well what they bullshit. need is
0: they need it to be perfect. And they're angry that you don't agree it's perfect. I, like, I remember all the shit that came out when, um... When everyone pointed out, like, how bullshit it is for, uh... Like, Dumbledore is gay after the books are done. After the books. I was one of those people that raged at J.K. Right. Rowling. like, back. all the fans... These fans started busting out, like, well, no, it's really... And it's like, no, no, the invisible gay person isn't actually gay.
1: No, the invisible gay person isn't actually gay. The invisible dead gay person. Right. Now, let's talk about that. Right. And you... Listen, you can love that series, you can love any series, and be like, I love it, here's some fucked up shit in it,
0: we could talk about Dobby the House Elf and what he represents all fucking day. But I love this fucking retcon defense, too. <laughs> oh, like, 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 like under this logic, I could claim, well, see, actually, Star Wars is super, like, queer representative, because all the Stormtroopers are really gay. We just don't show it. Ugh. It's never acknowledged, that's well, all. And Joss like, Whedon, Joss Whedon... <laughs> who we could do a
1: whole episode just on Joss Whedon, mm. or I could. Um, uh, he, <laughs> his comic, when he did Buffy season eight, he did the same fucking thing where all of a sudden Buffy identified as bisexual. And I was like, fuck you. Because right. I think he had the nerve to say she had been bisexual all along. And I'm like, no, if she was, then why did she react so fucking badly to Willow coming out? No, don't retcon this bullshit. Right. And these fans who just want to roll on people who have perfectly legitimate criticisms of this work. doesn't mean we don't love the work. It doesn't mean You're we're not so invested. Fans too. We're fans too. We want it to be better. Right. So all these people who want to roll on other people, you can just bend over and kiss my black taint. Like, I'm just done. I'm done with it. I, I have no fucks left to give for yeah. people who want to defend bullshit. Listen, we, we've we talked about Frank Miller in past. yeah. I feel like there are very few people who can deny that Frank Miller is so problematic. Right, he's fucked up. Martha Washington is a fucking great series. You can still love that series and be critical of Frank Miller. Right. And that's not hard to do. You're a human
0: being. You're supposed to be able to hold two opinions in your head at the same time. Right. Well, I mean, it's, it's like, this thing is good except for these parts. Why is that hard to say? Or... These things are good, but they're also hurtful because they stand in light of all this other shit. Exactly. Like, I just, uh, it's just, it's difficult because, and you saw that report that came out
1: where they're like, diversity helps... Helps sales. Yeah. (laughs) Which I'm like, but I feel like we always knew that. Right. I feel like we always knew that, and that's what we've been pushing for this whole time. Every time we're criticizing your work, we're saying, hey... We love it. You know how you get a wider audience of people like me
0: without this fucked up shit? Right. That's like, like, I want to join in the fun and escapism, too. I didn't need to get kicked in the face. Yeah. Right? Didn't need. It's like, if I walk into the movie theater and I suddenly find I'm watching Birth of the Nation, I'm gonna have problems. And it's like, I came for a lighthearted fantasy. You gave me this bullshit. Yeah.
1: Why is this here? Right? I I had a very complex relationship with the movie Beasts of the Southern Wild Mm. because I felt... Like, what I got in the theater was not what I was promised in the trailer. Mm. After a couple weeks, I, I, I realized that I did love the film for what it was, but, but. it took me time because I was like, I felt like you promised me a fantasy and you did not give me one. You gave me something very different. Right. And I also was on a date. This is a horror story. Um. I took a date to that movie because I was like, um. fantasy film, good film. It's um. going to be great. <laughs> um, it was a friend date. And... Um, his father had just passed. Oh. And the whole movie is
0: about her losing her father. I
1: was like, had I known
0: this shit? See, see, I'm just the worst, I'm the worst first date movie picker. I just, and because I'm so used to just picking movies based on that sounds interesting without, like, thinking, like, no, Chris, you have to put this through the romance filter, right? Exactly. I'm like, we went to see Pi. Oh, Oh, we yeah. went to go see, like, Saving Private Ryan. Ooh. We went to go see Requiem for a Dream. Yeah, I did go <laughs> see, I, We went to go see Requiem for a Dream for a midnight show. Yeah. <laughs> so we both come out like, what the fuck? <laughs> well, but yes. I think what we've learned this episode is, is that do better and don't let Chris pick the movie on a first <laughs> date. <laughs> 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 well. <laughs> True.
1: <laughs> so thank you for joining us at another episode. What's the email again? And if you want to contact us, our email address is yellowperil.magicalnegro at gmail.com. I think we're having some issues with it not forwarding. Oh, is that So one? we're going to figure it out. But um, yes, that is the email. And hit us up
0: on Twitter or SoundCloud. Cool. Catch y'all later.